You are listening to the Massive Report podcast. Welcome to the Massive Report podcast. We are here at Saucy Brew Works on Third and Michigan, and uh, I am not Brian. Brian is out this week, as is Bart. We are uh, we are down two guys, but we're still going strong. Sam is here, be uh, behind the microphone or behind the producer stand, um, getting us to all sound good. And the microphone. Well, yeah, and the microphone. But yeah, usually you're you're talking at least a little. Um, we've got Drew McDaniel and Grant Miller. Had to make sure I got both your last names right because I don't ever use them. You both have been on the show before, so you don't need uh, too much in the way of introductions. But we've got a a lot to talk about today. Two crew matches since we uh, last gathered. The There's also, I guess, the Charlotte game that didn't happen, but we don't really need to address that at this point. Everyone knows that it was rained out. But before we get into it, how you guys doing? Uh, crew went one and one this week. It was uh, or the, within the past week. What were your kind of initial thoughts on just kind of the, the two matches as a whole? Well, I missed the good one <laughs> and uh, was at the... Montreal game and so that was I was excited and then very much so not excited and fortunately my brother got engaged Saturday that's why I missed that game so that was exciting I was following along that was a lot of fun watching the crew score looking at all the highlights and seeing the photo I think that Sam took of Lucas and Cucho I'm just ready for them to go off and go on a tear and take us to the promised land. So, I thought that tear was going to occur from the past three games. I thought Charlotte, I was counting the points. Like I was looking at the standings uh, after that got delayed and then as gut-wrenching as Wednesday was. So it just typical kind of like MLS form. You're never really going to go off. You're not just going to like hit the boosters. You're always going to be kind of just in the pack. So you know, um, I'll learn that lesson one of these seasons. Um, but, you know, for now, it's you're enjoying the win that was uh, Saturday and you know, counting your blessings that, uh, you know, we have these guys to watch. Well, let's start with the disappointing game that was the, the Montreal game. For those who haven't been paying attention, and I'm pretty sure that's very few people that listen to this podcast, crew scored early, uh, held on to that lead for, for a significant portion of the game. Then we get a weather delay in, what, like the 74th minute or something? Uh, Another weather delay for this team. Yeah. And a lot of people left. Drew and I were not among them. We were both still there. Did you end up staying, Grant? I stayed. Okay, great. You're all three still there. Sam, you were still there, right? Yes. Yes, unfortunately. I I just didn't see you, so I wasn't sure. I was on the other side from the north. Okay. Um, But Montreal comes out, and, and to be clear, most of the second half, Montreal looked likely to get a goal. Now, the crew did have some really good chances. It was kind of long balls to Cucho Hernandez, especially after Lucas Zellerian went out of the game. Uh, and, you know, frankly, if it's not for a, a really good... Caleb Porter called it a world-class save. I'm not sure I'm ready to put it that, that high up, but a really good save by Montreal's goalkeeper. And then um, another chance where Cucho went from midfield into the Montreal penalty box, and then had no one there to help him, so he just shot it well over. Uh, you know, the, if, those, if one of those is, is a goal, then, then maybe we're talking about something different, but 
our old friend Kai Kamara scores off a corner kick. It was inevitable. Yep, and uh, I mean, as soon as I saw Kai was out there, it was like, this seems like a, especially after the crew go up 1-0. And, uh, and then Montreal win it in stoppage time, and that ended the nine-match unbeaten streak, which inevitably was going to come to an end, as you pointed out there, uh, Grant, at some point. But just to not dis- like that, yeah, just a, such a disappointing way for it to come to an end in, in a game where it was really there for the taking in the first half, and then you just didn't come out of the locker room with the same intensity in the second half. I thought I was really surprised that Kucho didn't try to chip the keeper on that one shot he had at, right before he bombed it over. Yeah. I, I was disappointed in that because I, I, we've already seen him do that. But I don't know if you guys saw this. The Montreal keeper is 6'5". He is massive. He is a tall dude. And so uh, earlier in the game, Kucho had that shot from middle of the like the six-yard box. And it was right in the, the front door. Yeah. yeah, hit the guy right in the shoulder. He didn't even have time to react. He was just so big. He, he hit was, a post, too. Is that, in yeah, that yeah, he hit a curler, yeah. too. He had, he had great shots. I, I mean, that, that game's really disappointing, and the fact that we lost, especially after another delay. I'm not as worried because of what I'm seeing the attack from Kucho. What I was more worried about was there's just no help. When he was bombing down after the rain delay, they weren't even trying to play for the win. They were just trying to play not to lose. And then Montreal has all the momentum, and they have all the energy. They've just spent the last two hours talking about how they're going to score a goal, and we were just talking about how we weren't going to let it. I, I, I chalked that one up to the coach. Well, I think it is worth pointing out that was one of the hottest games I can remember, and I mean not just heat, but humidity, and I mean just standing in the in the Nordeck, I was pretty dripping in sweat. You could see some of the guys. I mean Lucas, Luis Diaz, Diaz Derek Etienne. I mean just you know guys that really had to run, obviously, and and Caleb obviously made some subs, but and and some of them were criticized. He tried to work the bench. Yeah, I mean yeah. I think he knew, even though the game. The previous Saturday, and we don't have to get into it, was canceled. It's still travel. It's a day lost. It throws your training week off. So, like, it's still kind of congested in a way that that Wednesday isn't very natural. You're not just going to kind of. You have to play on Saturday, too. Yeah. So, I I mean, there's no reason to really talk about the subs because he's going to do that regardless. Yeah. No, it, it just unfortunately. It's it, fun to break down. Yeah. It's all hindsight. Yeah. I mean, it's like, well, yeah. the, the one that seemed to irritate people was was Artur coming on and Lucas coming off, and I think if you really look at it, you know, I don't, I don't know how much people pay attention, but a guy coming back from injury like Artur, he was going to get minutes in that game. That was pre-planned yeah. for him to come yeah. in, and taking off Lucas was just to control the midfield and try. It didn't work, but you know, try and shut things down a little bit while still having. A few attacking options out there. Yeah. Hindsight being twenty twenty, you can, you can criticize it all you want, but I think at the time it made sense. Yeah, and I also think that that was probably planned for him to come in for Zellerian. Right. Uh, I mean, it, it it was really hot. They also had a really hot game on Saturday. They're going to try to rotate. I was actually surprised Kucho stayed in the entire game, and then played the entire game in New York City. He's got to so. earn that salary, man. No, I just, I just think um, you, know, you can break it down so many different ways. You know, we'll get into the win on Saturday. That makes everything kind of feel a lot better. Um, but that second goal, 
I mean, it's one thing to blow a lead and be like, ah, drop two points. I mean, we gave it all up. And that, yeah. I mean, that's really where it's like, what are we doing? Um, but I, I don't want to rehash it too much. But I had to kind of keep reminding myself, like, the next couple of days, like, no, we lost. Like, it wasn't just a tie. Like, it wasn't D.C., it wasn't San Jose. It's like, we blew that. Uh, and that yeah. hurts them. That, you know, <laughs> you hate to see it. Yeah, Morera just kind of mistimes his jump and – can't get to the ball and he's and good they, enough that like i don't mind, i'm not mad at him well sure and that, that could be like, some fatigue yeah. at the end of the game and to be fair kai's goal was no slouch i mean no. he yeah. jumped yeah, over everybody yeah. well going um, back and looking to get back in, into that looking goal. at both the goals the two things that i had issues with were on the corner kai's smart and has been doing this for years and when everyone else starts to make their run kai he waits back and that created the space between him and Jonathan Mensa that allowed him to get the momentum to go over top of Jonathan Mensa. And you just can't do that with a guy like Kai on the field. I mean, I know he's not the player he was in 2015 when he was, you know, an MVP candidate for the crew, but he's still just so dangerous in the air and so smart with the way he does those things. And then on the, the second goal, the Marrera thing is obviously an issue, but no pressure in the midfield. That ball that's played into the box is just, I mean, he had he could have dribbled probably 10 more yards before playing it if he wanted to, and I get you're tired, but you've got to... you got to see it out. Right, and yeah. just to be clear, Montreal, playing in the same heat, played on Saturday when the crew didn't and also traveled. So, yeah. and they played New York City, which is not an easy game to play. We all know that. And so, you know, the fatigue is one thing for sure, but both teams were dealing with it, and maybe Montreal even more. You mentioned the... the you know, rain delay helping things in terms of fatigue. I for for Montreal, I, I think it hurt the crew. You know, and Jonathan Mensa said after the game, you know, they need to do something about this. Players, you know, sitting for so long. I don't know what you do, but it's I certain- was surprised by how dead they came out because even before the delay, it's like, oh, we're kind of up against it right now. Like they they really started to tilt the field. Um, against us, and I was like, maybe this will help us. Maybe Montreal come right. out there just like they want to go home. Like you know, you never know how the guys' mentality sure. change. Where they're just like, let's just get out of this. We've seen that plenty of times in MLS where you come back from a long delay. It's, neither team wants to be there. Uh, that was not the case. Uh, and again, I don't want to rehash it too much because we had a really fun time Saturday with that win, and it's it's time to kind of get past it. But we're going to talk about it. we're going to cover it. That really kind of. You think being at home, like what kind of way you said that second goal, like there's no pressure, they get it in there. You got to see the game out. That's what you expect, like us to be in that situation as like the home team. Like that's that home field advantage. You're like, okay, we're in our zone, guys. Like let's let's play our style. And instead, like Montreal dictated so much of that game, uh, which I think just isn't hasn't been this organization's mo for so so long i think that's what's really frustrating it is really weird the team's form at lower.com field i mean even going back to last year and obviously last year was a bad year just in general but it's it's just strange i mean so far this season now this includes saturday's win against new york city five four and three at home and you know there are teams with worse home records that are actually the red bulls are three four and four at home and are ahead of the crew in the standings but they play in jersey that's fair. But it's just, you. we remember what Mafre was the end of its time, you know, especially 2020. And obviously they're not fans there and whatnot, so it's a little different. But 
that place was good to the crew. Yeah. And, you know, Caleb Porter talked last year about adjusting to a new stadium, especially in the middle of a season and things like that. And I, I buy that to some degree. But it's just strange to me how they haven't been able to do it consistently at home this year, especially given how great the crowds have been. And, you know, even after the delay, there's not many people there, but there were, you know, it was, it was still, loud. It was, it was still pretty crowd. loud. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the, I mean, the stadium obviously helps that with the roof and whatnot. But, I mean, that's, you know, you want to go from being a team, you know, now you're, you're in the playoffs. And we'll talk about where they sit in the standings now. You're in the playoff mix. And I think everyone believes that, that, that this is a playoff team. But if you want to go to that next level, that, you know, up there with Philadelphia, New York City, LAFC, those teams out in the West, you have to just be better at home and it's crazy that they haven't been and, and this was just another example um on on wednesday of an opportunity to get three points at home that, that they squandered mm-hmm. but as you said grant that that game is in the past um we'll move on from it because we have a much more happy memory to talk about with uh, the win against new york city and i said it going in i put it in our predictions that, this might have been the most important game of the season for the crew thus far. Just given, okay, you have this nine-game unbeaten run, you're feeling good, you give up that win to lose against Montreal in that fashion. If you go out against New York City and lay another egg at home, I was worried that things could really start to fall off. You know, just mentally, it's it's tough to get that back once you've lost it. And they came out and, you know, I thought this was very impressive given the way the game played out going down a goal early on a on a stupid deflection which was an own goal getting the lead giving it up and then still finding a way to win the game I thought that showed a lot from the crew I I think it's important to manage the expectation of what we expect out of this team you know we many many here have said yes getting Cucho is not going to solve all of this team's problems so considering what we have considering that the transfer window has closed Considering all this, what is your if if this happens, this season is considered a success. Where does this team place for this season to be maybe not a success, but for them to actually have improved than last season? Obviously, making the playoffs. But I was gonna say, yeah, making the playoffs is an improvement. I would say I would I I expect them to make the playoffs and not have to be fighting for a spot within the last two games. I, I, if we can comfortably make the playoffs, I'm not so sure we're going to host a game. And based on road form, I'm actually not so sure I want to host a game. So, I think you still want to host. I think playoffs are a different breed. I think to, to build on your point, Sammy, I think for this to be called a success, I think it's a home playoff game. And I honestly think you have to win it. And then, you know, whatever happens after that, you're probably matched up with one of the top teams. You let you, you know you let it out. The narrative changes after a couple of weeks, but um, I, I think you have to. If you consider the investment everyone's made, you consider the talent that's on this team. You consider the other teams in the East too. I mean, look around there. I mean, we just beat a team in New York who isn't the same team as they were at the beginning of the season. Tati's gone. Uh, I think Philly's going to run away with it. But you know, if we if we play New York Red Bull at home. Yeah, we should win that game. We should want to win that game. So. I think there's something that got realized as I'm watching them play New York NYCFC is that, look, no team would have expected three assists out of Luis Diaz. Well, he only got two. 
Yeah, oh, did they the only give him two? Yeah, they took away. They, they said said it was a deflection. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it, if you go back and look at it, it, it was, was fine. But it is. But whatever. I, have, I actually was, have a picture of that assist. It was a man the of the match performance. He won it, right. and I think he earned every bit of it. But I think in order for that for this team to to be where it needs to be, Diaz, Etienne, Yaboa, if he ever makes it back to the field. Uh, James Igbekemi all have to contribute in one way or another. Even if it's not goals, they have to contribute some sort of danger. Defenses have to respect yeah. whatever they're doing. Yeah. So I think, I think, to answer my own question, I think a fourth place or a higher finish. I don't think it, I don't. I, get, I They could get to third. I don't th- see them getting to one or two. Obviously, because mm-hmm. Philly's running away with yeah. it. I don't think that's possible. But I think a fourth or a third place finish would be considered and a, and a home at least one home playoff win. Well, look, I was going to save this till after we talked about kind of the, the nitty-gritty of the New York City game, but since we're on this topic, crew in fifth right now, 33 points. They're one point ahead of Cincinnati, uh, four points behind the Red Bulls, and seven points behind Montreal, who's at 40 points. Philly, and, Philly has 45, New York City has 42. Everybody in the East except for New York City... New England, Atlanta, and D.C., and, and the latter two don't matter, have the crew have a game in hand against. So, I mean, the, the team has said pretty publicly the last couple weeks that they want to be a fourth place, fourth place or better. They want to host a home playoff game. And you look at the standings there, it's certainly not out of the question. And I think that the Cucho factor has changed things so much for this team. And it's not just his goals, but the way Lucas is playing – and the way Luis is playing. His attitude on the field. Yeah. And and just, he opens things up. And you saw it with Lucas again Saturday. Just the space that he has that he didn't have most he's of the year. He's a new player. Yeah, I mean, and he's, he's, play, he's playing a new game. I mean, it's, it's and, so. And Cucho has, has helped craft Diaz into something that he wasn't. That's, that's a good way to put that. We, yeah, I mean, it just. I mean, you've seen it, him pointing where he wants the ball, and then I don't know why this hasn't gotten through to Diaz until now, but he, Cucho tells him where to put the ball, and then the ball goes there, or at least close. I mean, he's not. He's you know, Diaz. And he's starting to make smarter. You know, there's been times when he's. Decision-making. Yeah, he's, he's matured a little bit. He's beaten everyone down the field, and he realizes it, and he pulls it back, and he lets the attack reset, and that's, you know, you keep possession there. The, the one thing I am a little concerned about is that, is that Derek Etienne, he was getting frustrated Saturday. There were a couple times, the one where I think when Cucho hit the... He hit the post, yeah. and he had his arms in front of him. and I, I, I saw that, too. It was very evident. I think a lot of things that we love about Derek Etienne Jr. and what we've seen from him this year, I mean, he's been... I mean, when there was no one else scoring, he was trying. Yeah. He was oh, getting yeah. on there, and, like, he's a fiery dude. He wears his heart on his sleeve. Like, we... I, I like that about him. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why I think Caleb keeps him in the starting 11 because he's a guy that will, like, put it all out there. The inverse of that is when you don't get the looks and things aren't bouncing your way, he's getting a little pissed off, which yeah. I get it. I, I mean, I, I get it. So well, the, I don't worry too much long term, but y- you want to see it balance a little bit on the wings. That you know? second New York City goal – Etienne lost the ball and then stopped and tied his shoes, and they passed it around, and his man was the one who scored. I didn't see that. I mean, he just – it was just right in front of us, and I went back and watched – I mean, he just he just stops and kind of stands there for a second, drops to the ground to tie his shoe, and it's like 
you know, Cucho is the one who comes back late in the, you kind of see it on TV, comes running in late, but he's just couldn't get back quick enough. And, you know, I don't know if Derek does that, whether he's getting the, you know, he could have had two goals and maybe he still ties a shoe, but it just, it was a bad look. And I think you're right, Grant. I don't, I don't worry about Derek. He has a great attitude, but I do, I would like to see him, the attack be equal in terms of the sides. And I felt like it's become very Diaz side heavy. And maybe that's tactically I'll, something. I'll tell you why, at least from my observation. My observation is Diaz gets the ball. He will give him, get himself space one way or the other in order to be able to cross it. Etienne gets the ball, and he will try to attack the goal. So he's going to dance, try to dance through defenders instead of crossing. His crossing, actually, he tries to cross inside the box, not outside the box. Luis Diaz is not doing that. He's just generating space and crossing. Well, he's a right-footed space, player or, or hitting on it the back. left side, which right. contributes. You know, you're, you're not crossing with your stronger foot. I also wonder if some of it's just communication between Cucho and Diaz, both Spanish speakers. I want, and with Zellerian, I just wonder if there's better communication, at least early on, between those players, especially coming in mid-season for Cucho. He's maybe more comfortable with Diaz right now. Also, there's really not any other option on the left besides Derek, honestly, um, unless you wanted to push Pedro back up. Yeah. No, uh, Matan Pe- and Pedro on and loan. Pedro hasn't been pushing up nearly as much the last few games. Yeah. He looks a little rough back. Saturday. I love the guy, but he it wasn't his best defensive performance. I know he's an Iron Man. He's always suiting up, but like, wouldn't hate giving him a little bit of a rest. I don't know. But you don't have much option. That's the problem. Mo Farsi. He can play on the left, right? Will Sands. Uh, Mo Farsi plays on the right. But he, yeah, I, I guess he, he could does, play he left. Could. Yeah, I know you're he, right. He's you're, played uh, left for the senior team when yeah. he's come in. Yeah. Just as like a replacement. You're, you're right. The depth is a little weak there, but like. Just whole left side. I was surprised he played the full 90 Saturday. And that's just from my vantage point in the Nordak. But. Now, the last time I made a declaration like this, I said that they weren't going to sign Mo Farsi, and then Uh-oh. they immediately did. But yes. I don't see Caleb taking Pedro out of the starting no. lineup unless he's no. hurt. Um, unless he's I, hurt. I, or I somebody agree, on the wings is hurt, and he needs to use yeah. him as a winger. You know, he's done better at a left back this year than I expected. Uh, I think he's transitioned well. I just think he's been getting tired. Honestly, I think they should rotate him at least some. He still gets fouled a lot. Yeah, he gets yeah. fouled he put, a lot. He puts his body in there. I mean, he's, yeah. Well, going from, I, mean, I feel like we've hit on a lot of negatives other than Diaz, but it's awesome to see, we sort of touched on this, it's awesome to see Lucas finding his form again. I mean, we saw 2020 how good he can be. We saw at the beginning of this season with the way he started the year and then obviously picks up the injury against the Red Bulls. And I just, he was never really 100%, I think, until they finally took him out for a few games. And then he came back on the road against D.C. when him and Cucho came in at halftime. But he looks like the MVP-level player. And, and I, this may be out before the podcast comes out, but Thomas has a story that's, that's almost done or is done about Lucas getting back in the MVP conversation. And you know, I think it's certainly possible. I don't, I don't know if he's a front-runner at this point, but... I mean, he's he's on a tear right now in terms of both goals and assists. He's leading the team, I think, in both departments. And, you know, they're just different when he's playing. And now that you have a Cucho out there, too, you know, that's an attack that not many teams in the league have something that can, can equal those two. And then if you can get Luis playing the way he is and Derek, 
Good luck. Watch out. I'd be really surprised if Lucas doesn't win July Player of the Month. I mean, he had, what, four goals and six assists in July? That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, he's just... Team of the Week, right? He was on Team of the Week. At least he has not on Team of the Week, which I know... It was a weird week. It's, it's of that MLS. third assist. Yeah. The third assist they took away from him. There was yeah. 57 goals scored this last yeah. Saturday. They, the team of the week is just players that scored two, three goals yeah. each. So there was a lot of snubs, but uh, yeah. I mean, Lucas put in a team of the week performance. You might even say player of the week. I think they gave it to Jossie with his hat trick, um, which we'll, we'll get into that. Hat trick in eight minutes. Is a Joss performance? Jossie Zara's masterclass, man. But. Um, <laughs> No, I think we've Game seen this. We, we've seen this. Even last year, as bad as it was, he Lucas ended the year on fire. Um, yeah. And in 2020, obviously, we know what happens. And yeah, I'm not trying to start a bigger conversation, but like maybe you know he'll miss a game here and there. He kind of carries a knock. He's not the biggest guy ever. Um, but you know, the calendar slip into the fall. This is typically when he turns it on. Hey, the sky's the limit for what he's able to create and do. Um, for this team, so it's exciting. As long as he's healthy when we play New York City, we're all good. Because yeah, he, he will owns score all the time. <laughs> he does own New York City. If you read the Crossing the Touchline piece that Thomas did with uh, our New York City site, it was funny. He asked for a prediction towards the end, and he said, you know, it's possible Lucas Zellerian goes off again or, or Cucho Hernandez scores, but you know, with the way New York City's defense has played this year, I just don't see that happening. And, well, and they had, like, you know, triple digits. Okay, I know soccer, triple digits is a lot. But it was, like, a significant amount of minutes of scoreless soccer. And that went out the window, you know, fairly quickly on Saturday. One of their fans on Twitter was begging the ownership to buy Lucas Illarion. That way they don't have to play What's against What's your price him. tag, Sammy? Yeah. I can't tell you. It's the fun in that. Yeah. Got to keep you uh, in suspense. <laughs> a lot. A Everyone lot. has a number. It is a lot, but, yeah. Um, we can dip into that city football group money, man. We know they have it. Yeah. Um, another thing, we mentioned our tour coming back from injury against uh, Montreal, but he makes his first start, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Uh, not only, you know, great to see him back out there, obviously, but Aiden Morris, we've talked about it on this podcast quite a bit, there's just something different when Aiden's in the game. I mean, we've talked about the record. They haven't lost this year when, when Aiden started a game. Montreal, they lost Montreal. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. That was the and first one. And he was the best player on the field for the crew against Montreal, and he gets taken out right before the second goal is right. scored. Was he taken out right before? Yeah, yeah 89th know. minute. Right, at, oh, right yeah, after. Oh, they tried. They were like, we got to put it offensive. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, I had a lot of Miller lights that night. <laughs> it was a little blurry. But we're in an interest. It's going to be an interesting decision for Caleb here because – Obviously, Darlington and Artur have a history, a chemistry. We'll get to that. Uh, history, a chemistry. You know, they until the MLS Cup final, they were the starting tandem in central midfield. You know, they've been good together this year when both healthy. It's just, you know, we've I've said it a few times. You got to find a way to get Aiden Morris on the field. Now you have Lucas healthy. You have Cucho, so you're not playing a false nine. I think. Caleb is going to prefer Artur because of kind of the more technical st- parts of the game that he gives, but it's just a it's it's a tough. De- I mean, it's a good de- tough. It's a decision. good problem to you have. Could, you could go four three three with 
Etienne, Cucho, and Lucas up top. Yeah, Lucas just, I mean, I know it's a small sample size when he's out wide. But it just he wouldn't is, be wide. He, he, would, he would kind of be middle and have like Cucho play like messy, a Mo, that Barcelona yeah. Messi kind Cucho of Cucho play kind of like a Mosala role coming in from the yeah, right. Cucho I came here. I think that they played Diaz over Etienne right now. Just ride the hot hand over on the right. Yeah, but yeah. have you seen Diaz try to shoot the ball at goal? Just yeah. tell him not just to saying. shoot ever. <laughs> right. So that that's kind of like I don't know. No, I I think uh, I think Patrick's right. I think they you go Artur um, until he gives you a reason. Not to, or like I don't know, like I'm a baseball guy. I do like a platoon. Like Artur plays at home, Aiden plays on the road. I know that's dumb. That's that's not real. That's not tactics. But they they got to do something. Aiden didn't look amazing right out of the gate when he came on. Uh, I think that's because his buddy Josh Williams was in the lineup. Um, he kind of had a kind of a snafu that Eloy had to bail him out. But Artur wins so many like 50-50 balls. His visions, you know, I think a little more superior. What Aiden brings is like motor and just plays like a bulldog Physicality. yeah and you love destroyer. that and we love that as americans played american football i wanted to beat the hell out of the guy across from me i love that but artur brazilian got a little bit of flair you need you do need that and so, more experience absolutely and artur's not incredibly old either i think he, he's, he's younger than people think but aiden aiden's still a kid um, which leads me to believe, that, again, I think he'll, knowing Caleb, he'll probably go with the older kind of presence. And I, I don't know. I, I don't think you can make a wrong decision unless we, like, miss the playoffs. Don't I, think this is situ- I think this is very much situational because I think when, when Aiden came in the second half, he brought something different. Yeah, he had that snap right at the beginning, but then he was just barreling yes. through people, winning the ball in the midfield. He fixed and it. Artur, like you said, is a finesse guy. He will still win the ball, and he's bit, he's become more physical too, but mm-hmm. not the same way as Aiden Morris has. Aiden Morris does not stay on the ball very long. Neither does Darlington Agby. They retrieve the ball, turn around, look, and pass. Turn around, look, and pass. And you get that with all three. So I think situational, based on how the game is going, you can find which one is working better and which one provides you that, like, oh, we need extra oomph in the midfield put in Aiden Morris. We need more finesse and passing than put in Artur. So, I think testing Caleb's uh, tactical wherewithal. I think Caleb Caleb gets a lot of heat, and a lot of it is justified in certain areas. One thing I really don't, that I'm not bothered by him, is his, like, starting lineups, typically. Like, I kind of see the vision. I'm like, okay, I I get what he's going for. We'll see how it plays out. So, like, whatever decision he makes, it's like, alright, I'm willing to see it play out for, you know, the, you know, 45 to 60 minutes and, and see. So, I don't know. I, like I said, it's, it's a good problem to have. I'm excited for, you know, Aiden and having Artur's back. It's it's always good. It's more talent. I don't think we're going to see Artur, Nagby, and Morris all on the team together next year. I think one of them might have to make room for whether Morris goes on to bigger and better things because he's playing phenomenal. Or if maybe Morris is winning that job and Archer maybe wants to go see somewhere else. I mean, Nagby is going to stay as long as he wants that's to stay a, with Porter. Yeah, I, I don't want it. That, I like where your head's at. I love that type of stuff. But that's, I mean, let's save that for, like, December. I don't, sure. don't want to get I That's just yeah. my, my feeling on the on the. Because you can start playing that game with a lot of different positions and it gets, it gets weird. But And Zawadowski... He had a man-of-the-match performance crew, too. He's been looking really good. Yeah, I was just going to say that could carry us into the Crew 2 game on Sunday. Uh, I mean, not just him. Isaiah Parente has played Mm -hmm. well for Crew 2 and obviously has some 
some experience playing with the first team a little bit. Um, you know, they've, they've obviously done well with that position. But, Drew, you covered it for us. Uh, the, what was it, a 4-0 win? Was that 3-0. 3-0. Weber, uh, Tristan Weber, debut, comes in, scores a goal that gets called back for yeah. offsides. And I'm going to tell you this. From my vantage point, he is 100% onsides. I, I have no idea what it's called. I just assumed somebody else was uh, offsides in the buildup, but I, I don't think that's the case. But Yeah, this is another another win. I mean, what's funny is, you know, they've, they've dominated most teams in MLS Next Pro this year, but New York City is second in the Eastern Conference in that, and they, I mean, it, it wasn't even a game. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I was in the stands, but... I was hungover, so I didn't drink very much, and uh, that was, I mean, they've had a lot of good performances this year, but to do that against another team that, you know, you at least think is is somewhat competitive with you is is just impressive, and it goes again to show what they've got in terms of talent kind of in the pipeline Mm -hmm. here. Yeah, Farsi to Jason Russell Rowe in the second minute for a goal. Sets the tone. Yeah, I mean, they are amazing. If you haven't gone out to go see a game, go do it, please. Unfortunately, the games at lower for the rest of the season are during Hell is Real or during OSU Notre Dame, so you're probably not making it to those, but you can. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, like I said, Sean Zawadowski had man of the match for Zawatsky. I'm sorry. I really got that wrong. <laughs> uh, Zawatsky. Sorry, Sean. Uh, he had a uh, steal. He intercepted the uh, pass right at the top of the 18 and scored, like just duped the keeper, had him going the wrong way. And he was all over the field. And him and Parente, I didn't realize this, but they've been playing together for a while now in yeah. the academy. And so they have a lot of chemistry. Well, and, and if you think about what that academy has produced, mm-hmm. Aiden Morris, Sebastian Berhalter, yep. Sean Zawatsky, Isaiah Parente. I'm not sure if Isaiah was on. He may have left to go to college at that point, but... I know the three, Berhalter, Morris, Zawatsky, all played and won a na- – I think they won the national championship mm-hmm. or played in the at least the I think semifinals. You're right. I, I think they pushed Isaiah a little farther forward. Yeah, of that right, group, right. he's a little bit more of like the offensive-minded mm-hmm. guy. I don't know if that will ever transition to like the senior team. Um, but it's impressive. I mean, I love the academy stuff. I love, mm-hmm. I love the crew, two kind of pipeline. Um, seeing what we've been able to kind of produce with the resources um, that kind of carried over since the, the new ownership. I mean, exactly. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, imagine, like, if we have had ownership that cared about the academy yeah. for, like, a long time. Like, the fact that we squeezed water off a rock to get the guys that we did during the Burhalter era, like, Little it's Chad. a testament. Yeah. Or just, like, a Chad Barson. Or, like, I mean, I don't know, so many guys that were, like. Matt Lamson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like MLS, like professionals. Yeah, I can keep. Yeah, we keep going on this. Yeah, and Uh, obviously MLS Next Pro has changed things a little bit. Not all of these guys came through mm -hmm. Cruise Academy. In fact, you mentioned Jason Russell Rowe and Mo Farsi. Russell Rowe now top scorer again in uh, in MLS Next Pro with 15 goals. Mo Farsi tied for second with seven, behind only Romeo Beckham, which. uh, he had it's two good. assists in his game. Yeah. He, they were tied for first. He's pretty point. good. It's good to see something good happen to the Beckham family because I know that family's really struggled. <laughs> Couldn't catch a break throughout the years. Um, yeah, he's gonna have to carry his dad through on this. <laughs> right. You're a United fan. Like, is there like allegiance to that? No, I don't. Like, no. We we heckled Romeo Beckham pretty good when uh, Inter Miami played here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the 
the, the Canadians, both, um, you know, both guys that had, you know, had some interest, um, you know, Jason Russell Rowe came down to play college after playing in the Toronto Academy. Mo Farsi was playing, I believe, in Canada before. I think he also maybe spent a season in Algeria before Canada. That could be. I'd have to go back. But two guys that Tim Bezbachenko was aware of from, from his time at Toronto and got into this system, which, you know, is great. This has allowed the crew to not only have to rely on the academy, but you can go out and make some signings. That, that you know maybe you wouldn't normally sign to the first team just because of roster construction and whatnot. Some development plays. Yeah, yeah there's and, a sweet spot there. I mean, Jake Morris from yeah. Seattle. Yep. Yeah. I, I just point these two out because they have signed with the first team and, and both are out of necessity at the time, but both have proven that you know even if it is five minutes here, ten minutes there, they can come on and do things for the. I mean, we saw Jason Russell Rowe with two assists. Neither one of them look out of place on the Ooh. senior side. I mean, they're they're, they're pros. Well, Jake is actually a senior t- player, but yeah. he hasn't gotten in the, a game. But yeah. he is—he has been great. He's down looked at, good. Yeah, yeah. He has a wing back. He's transitioning from winger from college. He had a shot against uh, New York City that I'm sure that player is still feeling. It hit him square <laughs> in the chest, uh, and he went down. It was—it was—it was a hard shot. He—he he should be good. He might be working himself uh, up a hill trying to displaced Marrera but well and you know there's time I mean Marrera's no he's not a young player he's you know in, a, in his prime so we shall see it's always good to have options and at least these guys are getting minutes it's not like yeah. before where young guys are just hoping you make a run in the open cup yeah. and you know friendlies and whatnot it makes a world of difference yeah um, the transfer window in MLS has come and gone and to some people's anger mint on Twitter. Uh, the, the crew did not make a second move. Now, I don't know what your guys' expectations were, but I thought it was pretty clear that this team pretty much blew its load to sign Cucho Hernandez. Maybe that wasn't expressly stated enough out there. Um, I think the only way there could have been much in the way of another move would have been in terms of incoming guys, obviously. Right? You know, they moved Miguel Berry and whatnot, and poor Miguel Berry. DC goes and signs Benteke shortly afterwards. But, uh, you know, I think the only thing they could have done is move within the league and, you know, either give somebody up or, you know, draft picks. Uh, maybe, but I don't know if you could get anybody of, of substance. I'm not sure what people were looking to add. I think, you know, maybe a depth piece at some of those positions we're talking about left back, maybe on the wings. I mean, you know, if this team – they also don't have a designated player spot, so you're – you're trying to add, you know, quality without going that high. So, um, I don't know. U twenty two. They do. They do have that. Yeah. Yeah. What? What were you guys expecting? Anything at the no. end of the transfer window? Not at all. You never say never with Bez, though. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if there's a guy that can find a way to make the, you know, Barry money turn into something quickly, like he's a guy. So, like, I'm not. I'm not disappointed by anything. I think. You got to think within the whole context thing. Let's go back uh, a little bit. We blew a lot of money on a guy named Kevin Molino and Perry Kitchens, uh, and that's still dead money on the roster. And Yaboa uh, right now, not doing yeah. Anything. So I, I I'm not shocked when you think of, you know, each transaction. You know, these none of these things exist in a vacuum. So I you know you want to say well let's add a wing player. It's like well we we did that twice, 
and we're still paying those right. guys. So and we still have Diaz. Yeah. So I'm I'm personally happy with. Oh, 100. Yeah, I I, just, I do understand. And You're I, happy with right now. Yeah, I have I've been a Diaz <laughs> fan for a while. I, right. We can we we can hammer that home. We can do a whole Diaz podcast. I'm sure. Um, I I think um, it would be very fast. <laughs> <laughs> and we maybe missed the mark. Yeah. Uh, no, I, th- I think a lot of the frustration does come with uh, this particular MLS window was more active than I think in past. Uh, yeah, we brought in a pretty big signing, and when it was first like quote rumored, I don't want to dive too far into that. It was like I think Twelman said like this would be the biggest signing of the window, and like it, it was, was at big. The time. It was at the time, but then what else happened? The so time you- was like five minutes. It was a great well, five minutes. Though. And I think we were on top of the world. So you see what other teams are doing. You're like, well, why can't we be like them? It's like. Well, we we kind of tried, and we we we're not far from that. But like, let's. I mean, if you were expecting a Gareth Bale type name to the crew, I just think you're you're misunderstanding yeah. what this team does. Yeah. And frankly, I don't want Gareth. No, Bale. I, I I don't either. I, I mean, don't think too many people do. I mean, I would take him yeah. if he was just coming here. I mean, if the crew deal. are able to get these Tam deals that the LA teams are getting somehow, uh, with. What's his name from Barcelona yeah. signing with the Galaxy? Well, we gotta find like a shell company around here to like well, you know, just divert to money into housing and golf out a way to skirt rules. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I think what they're doing is a one-year TAM with a DP the next year. Right. Because Cucho's technically not. He's a young DP, right? Yeah. So we're, you know, Bez is doing what he can. He's the, you know. I mean, the Athletic had a story this last week about general managers around the league basically calling out the league saying that there's no way that these L.A. deals can get done. Yeah. Well, um, they say that. They, 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 you're right. The Athletic did something even in the preseason. We're like, everyone's kind of figuring this out as we go. Well, like, I mean, the thing, the biggest one for me was was getting in. What's his name from, from Barcelona that the Galaxy signed? Puy? Yeah. 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 And, you know, he's a young kid who agreed to, yeah, you get to live in Los Angeles, but you're leaving Barcelona. And he was making $4 million a year in Barcelona. And yeah, but they're a dumpster fire. You right cannot. Now. Uh, well, that's a whole different yeah. conversation. You cannot tell me that you're okay with making significantly less in Los Angeles, but that's not really relevant to our uh, our overall <laughs> conversation. Our buddies down uh, south just signed Matt Miazga, yeah. so we'll see how that goes for them. Right. Well, and I think the the final thing with the transfer market is, or the transfer window. You know, I think you both make good points about the guys they brought in. I was, I still am hopeful Kevin Molino can, can, it just needs a chance to really play, and it, because of what's happened with Cucho and the connection with, with Diaz, he has come back and hasn't really gotten the minutes. Caleb still runs him out there, so you think during training he's got to show something. Like I mean, the guy is very talented. I mean, and that could be your signing. I mean, yeah. equivalent of. I mean, even if it's just like. Like kind of what I was, I was texting like my friends during the New York game when we gave up that second goal and it was tied, and I was like, I don't know who you bring off the bench to fix this. And thankfully, we didn't have to do that. Lucas did his thing. Diaz kept being him. But like, you feel a lot better as a fan when there's, you know, someone that can come off the bench. Greg was really good at that. Like I remember like Cedric Mbati in like 15. He's like, oh, that's like a little bit of a lightning bolt. Um, Very who is the Kakuta Mane? Like, we don't really have, like, a guy you're like, okay, you know he's going to come in, and it's going to change the vibe a little bit. I think So that, if there was going to be a – yeah. I think that would be, like, Diaz or Etienne. 
but they're starting. Yeah, they're starting. Which I mean, so, like, Diaz in the fifth minute is different than Diaz in the 80th minute. Sure, but I mean, they also won an MLS Cup. The two, those two wingers. And I love them for it. You you kind of had hoped that Diaz would be the sub coming in yes. to relieve Yaboa. Yeah. And that obviously has not been the case. Yeah. Well, anyway, there was no movement. Uh, they did not make a signing, and I don't think people no. should have been that surprised. No. Uh, we touched on it briefly earlier, but MLS All-Star Game is Wednesday night. We're recording this on Tuesday night. The crew's lone representative is Darlington Nagby. Were you guys surprised by that, that it was Darlington? No, if you think of the whole body of work for this season, I do think he's been day in and day out our best player. I mean, Lucas was hurt for a little while. A lot of name recognition, which plays into this event. I mean, it's... MLS All-Star game's weird. I think it's fine. I mean, it was a good... I don't know who else he would have thrown I mean, in there. Mensa, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, think, na- I think... Early in the season, maybe not. But, yeah. I mean, Darlington Nagby is just... Every every coach seems to love him. So, I think... It, he was a coach's pick for Heath. Yeah. So, I think that's part that kind of goes into it. I think he's a very coach-friendly player. Um, also, if you look at the roster, it's just like fantasy roster. There's only attacking midfielders, only attacking midfielders. Yeah. So they had to bring somebody in that could have possession. They also brought in Elia Sanchez from LAFC as the lone defensive midfielder. So I, I think part of it was they needed somebody that could fit a different profile than only attack, and that was Darlington. And I think he works fine for that. I think he's probably one of the better... I mean, he's one of the best possession midfielders that you can have. In when he's MLS. on, there's, there's very few people better than him on the field. I mean, when he when he's on, he's had he's had his moments. Um, I'm not going to stand for any Darlington Nagby slander on this here today. But uh, how many years does the MLS All Star Game have left? Are you guys watching? Are you like we're we're supposed to be the market for this? Are you guys going to watch this? Never seen it. Never once. I think I may have watched it like. Once or twice. I think Trap played once as like a homegrown thing. I thought that was interesting enough. I remember being super stoked about that. I watched last year when Lucas played in the skills competition. Yeah, and then played in the game. That that I did watch. I like, I, yeah, it was, I don't know who this still exists for. Other the than same just people. Like, well, not the same people, but probably a category similar to those who watch the Pro Bowl. Well, I will tell you why it exists. It's because the CBA says it exists because they get bonuses for making it. Oh. Um, I've wa- I've, Good job, I usually watch it, but I have two TVs in my living room, so I can usually throw why it Why do you bring logic into brag. this? Um, <laughs> I will say I wish that they waited on the selections. because I know, you have to, I know you need a deadline to do it by, but if how much heads up do you need for these? I mean, you know, if, you, if you'd announced it a week, week and a half beforehand – Instead of doing it, what was it? Almost about a month ago now. I feel like t- uh, two months. Ago. It so probably gives I mean, teams a Liga chance. MX, uh, they had so much. It was like a month in between, or three weeks in between our selection, and their selection. So they can choose players based on our yeah, selection. I mean, if you think about how, you know, just from a crew perspective, how different that would be. Like right now, Lucas is an all-star. I mean, he's playing yeah. at an all-star. You look at his season as a whole. Yes, he got hurt and had the had the handful of weeks where he wasn't playing well, but. I mean, he's, he's clearly one of the best attacking players in the league, and it's unfortunate that he, he's not there. I've heard some people talk about Cucho just because of how he came in. I think that's too quick to do it, but maybe not if you, you know, and as you mentioned, Drew, they have enough attacking players, so they don't necessarily need more. But I do wish they would wait till closer to the game 
to, to do it. Get a little bit for body yeah, I mean, of work. If you're not actually going to have yeah. it as the midpoint of the year anymore, then who cares? You know, yeah. it's, it, it do, it's not representative of the first half of the season. That, that's another thing. Like, it does feel like we're so far past like uh, all-star break. Like I'm ready for the season to kind of like kick into that, that last gear. I think Chicharito and, also is the captain, and he's had – pretty much the subpar year. Yeah. I also yeah. wish the fan voting was significantly less for that reason. And, and I've always thought that, like, the crew have always gotten, and this happens in every sport with smaller market teams, they always lose out. I mean, there's there's been years where, you know, guys that have been hurt most of the year still, still are, make, yeah, yeah. you know, at least get more votes. And, and sometimes the leagues can do things about that. But, yeah, it's just, I don't know. To I, give the league a little bit of credit, I do like the format of, uh, MLS playing Liga Mex All Stars as opposed to like MLS All Stars playing Bayern Munich or yes. something like that. That was pretty yes. lame when we were doing that every year. So this is different enough. I just you know let's get this get past this. Let's play some games that matter. How will this work with the League's Cup next year? Will well, it- that's the thing. That's kind of why I asked. Like, is this even gonna like yeah. exist after after that? I, I'm sure there's people in New York trying to figure it out as they go along. Um, but what Patrick said was interesting. The CBA exists and it's part of bonuses. So when we see uh, player salaries uh, come out next year, Nagby's is going to be a little inflated. Yeah. Well, and we're I mean, all going to talk CB, about that. The CBA, I believe this is still the case. I think they still technically have two teams that they, you know, because it used to be East versus West or whatever they did. And I believe still X amount of players that don't actually play in the game still get bonuses. I could be wrong. That could have changed with the last CBA. But, you know, it's. I mean, when, when was the last CBA? Was that twenty two years ago? Yeah, 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 yeah right before twenty twenty because it almost yeah. it almost affected the twenty twenty season yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. They agreed to it, then COVID hit, and yeah. then they had to redo it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, before or after the All Star break, I use quotations there because it's it's not really a break. The uh, the crew head out west to play the Colorado Rapids. Is it the, still fighting, the fighting Jesse Jones. Is it still Dick Sporting Goods Park? Is that it still is. the name it's of the it? Dick. I really wanted to go to this game. <laughs> you just wanted to say that on a podcast. No, I, uh, I would never do that to your podcast. I, uh, <laughs> I really wanted to go. I saw cheap ticket, cheap plane tickets, because this is a Noron Tour game, I believe. They did like the yeah, We have a good C's. presence out there in yeah. Denver. Yeah. And have you been there before? I have been to Denver many times. I've never been to a game there, okay. no. Yeah. I really wanted, well, it's, it's in Commerce, which is a little ways out. I really wanted to go. I found cheap flights i waited a day and they were gone and i was like i can't can't make this work so sorry giassi i will not be there but um yeah colorado has been uh, they're pretty hot right now they are uh they're currently in 10th in uh in the west but 30 points only three points back of a playoff spot our friend giassi zardes who's been there since late april has six goals and two assists one of those goals came for the crew but he just recently, last weekend, scored, as we mentioned earlier, a hat trick in, that is three goals in yes. eight minutes. So uh, I'm glad he got him out of the way. Before All right the, on the, the doorstep, not to take anything away from him, but they were. could not yeah, cover which, the ball. Like, listen, man, they don't ask you how you did them at the end of the year. They just ask how many you got. Um, yeah. I don't know, Sammy, do we do well in Colorado much? It seems like a, a place that we probably don't have a lot of success. We don't. Yeah. Um, even like in years like um, 2000 and no, well, no, I'm yeah. going to say 2008, 2009, when this team was dominating, they would go out to Colorado and lay an egg. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I, not, not necessarily the history greatest. between the two teams is seven, five, and two in favor of Colorado. That's uh, why you get the big bucks, Patrick. Yeah, uh, I had this ready. The crew. That's called show prep. <laughs> the cr- I'm looking to see when the I last mean, time. Colorado is a different, difficult place to play. It's very different than playing Columbus. When was the last? When was the last time we went to? 2019, which was the last yeah, time they played. They were supposed to play in Columbus in 2020, but that didn't happen. I remember. Yeah. Since so then, we've given them. We've the traded Abubakar, yeah. and yeah, we worked Giazzi. out a nice partnership Giazzi. there. I feel like there's somebody else. Other Kata. Yeah. Other Kata. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Frazier's there. He played for us in 04. Yeah. Right? yeah so. The last time the crew won there was August 8, 2015, and it was a 2-1 win. Okay. And I, mean, I don't know when before that. I, I feel like this has been a, a weirdly pessimistic podcast, so I'm going to try to turn it around a little bit. I think we go there. We're realists. We, we, we get the dub. Uh, oh, yeah. Definitely dub. Yeah. I think we got to believe in a little bit. And I don't know. If you can do – if you can emulate how you played Saturday, um, I think you're going to stay in the game. Uh, you don't shoot yourself in the foot. I, I imagine – uh, we'll, we'll get into the full thing, but I imagine you'll see a lineup very similar to the one Saturday, and I, with that group of players, I, I'm confident in it. It's a good spine. I, I would love, the, for a variety of reasons, but Josh Williams to be back in there because Jonathan and Josh know Giassi so well. And not that he's – I mean, they have Diego Rubio, who has 11 goals and six assists, and you know he's been – He's been good. It's, he's not good. just – it's not um, – No, and, and uh, yeah, but – it just would be a fun battle to watch. I've tried to watch Col- I've watched Colorado probably three or four times since Giasso went out there. It's a painful team to watch play. They're soccer. not very flashy yeah. or dynamic. They don't it's, even have a sponsor on the front. Yeah, of the it's. I mean, well, it, I'm not going to disparage. It's anyone funny that. how having the crew get Cucho <laughs> has changed my perspective on things. And I still love Giasso, and I think I wish things would have worked out a little bit better. But just. Their teams. You're right, though. It, it immediately changed uh, our mindset of what like attacking soccer yeah. or anything is. Like, oh, good God, what are we watching? Their it's teams like, are across MLS, and it doesn't always lead to success. But their teams across MLS, because of their attacking players that just play at a different level, yeah. and they just play fast. Yeah. And you know, it's Seattle, it's LAFC, it's the Galaxy. Sometimes New York City, Atlanta, historically, yeah, has, the has crew been like that. I've started to get there. And, you know, you see now the crew are creating way more. I mean, they've always created chances, but doing more with them. And they're, you know, there's Kucho shooting pace, from outside yeah. the box and Lucas shooting from it. It's just just better shots. Like, we are creating opportunities, but not necessarily, like, chances. Right. And I feel like we're creating chances now. Yeah, and Colorado is not one of those teams. And, yeah. you know, again, as you said, they've been playing better of late, but it's I, just not a fun brand of soccer. I assume they will try and not muck things up in a physical way, but just, you know, frustrate the crew on Saturday. Um, They're at home. The you, you think they'd try to be a little more open with it and go for it. Maybe in that sense, that leads to more holes for our team to, you know, take advantage of. Um, you know, as far as bad as Wednesday felt, and it was very easy just to watch that. Like, oh, there goes that defense again. That yeah, We can't defend set pieces. The defense was pretty good going into that game. So you hope that they're able to handle whatever Colorado throws I say that like, Colorado, I'm still very confident in this defense. I say that Colorado is not a fun team to watch, but 
They beat the Red Bulls 5-4, to four, and then they beat Minnesota 4-3. to three. So well, they've at least been scoring goals. Like I mean, any game against the Red Bulls could be a 0-0 game or like a 5-4 yeah. game. It's, yeah. it's, that's so hard to say. And Frazier's a good enough coach to be like, yeah. well, if that's how they're going to do it, we're, it was exactly how we're going to counter that. Yeah. I've seen New, that before here. New York and D.C. tied 0-0 this week, so yeah. it's like they're, kinda, they're hard to gate. Really I, I think if job. they don't, if we don't make any stupid mistakes, then you know there might be. But like I, you know, I expect them to be in this. I, you know, and the road form has been half decent. I, I don't know. I think it's going to be very crucial to score early, and yeah. we've seen. And I meant to bring this up when we were talking about that Montreal game because, to me, that second half felt a lot like the Cincinnati second half. Now the crew got the penalty kick to score the second goal. But Cincinnati was starting to do some things, and that's it's been kind of an alarming trend for the crew in some of these games. But I think at altitude, if you can get that first goal, maybe even grab a second around halftime, you know, if you're up 2-0, I think that makes your life a lot easier. Obviously, I mean, you know, two, being up 2-0 goals So are you is saying scoring goals early yes. is a bit wild? But I think right. it's even Write that more down. important when you go to Colorado just because of the altitude. Team's flying out Friday morning. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of different arguments about how you handle that. It's just, it's never easy. And uh, I was just in Colorado for a wedding earlier this summer, and we had to walk up a bunch of stairs, and I was just like, my God, the altitude is... And I experienced it before, but you just don't think of it until you're completely out of breath and you have 40 more stairs to go. And uh, I can't imagine playing soccer like that. And so I think it, that is going to be key, because I don't see the end-of-the-game heroics like we saw on Saturday being as available given the altitude. Yeah. Do you think Nagby gets a start seeing as he's going to be away the entire well week building up? So Nagby's, Caleb's talked about this before. There are guys on this team that he knows that he could play if he wanted to. When you have a 3-8, and eight, he could play them all three. And there are guys he knows that need breaks. Nagby is one of the guys that he has confidence in, you know, historically. Yeah. Not to say that there can't be something or, you know, he doesn't get fatigued, but Nagby is one of those guys. So, and I imagine, you know, may, I don't, Maybe 45 minutes in the All-Star game. I mean, assuming he comes out of that healthy, then, yeah, I, I, I assume he probably just – he probably just – Plus he's familiar with some of the players that I guess they're playing against, so right. that helps. He's smart enough to know how to um, kind of measure himself in those moments. Yeah, I, I don't think – and he's not a guy I think that the All-Star game performance will really matter much to, to him. But, all right, let's get some predictions here for, for this game and, and get out of here. We've uh, – Kept this at just about an hour, right, Sam? Yeah, so good stuff here. Good work, guys. All right. Uh, Well, Sam, what do you think? Colorado game. 2-2. Does Giassi score? Yes. All right. Yeah, I think uh, former crew strikers typically always score. So whether Josh is in or not, I do think uh, he'll he'll tuck one. Um, 2-2. You said you thought they were going to win. I know, but then when you've got to put the rubber on the road, yeah, I mean, I want them to, but when Sammy said 2-2, I'm like, that's pretty I would be 1,000% happy to be wrong. I don't care about predictions, but realistically, that's what it sounds like. I'd be happy with 2-2. I would be happy with a tie. As we pointed out, I think getting a result in Colorado for this team has been been tough. Um, But I'm going to say the crew win 2-1. And I'm probably going to change that prediction by when we do our <laughs> online predictions because I've done that a lot recently. Um, I feel very positive when we talk and then not so positive as we get closer to the game. Um, 
let's just hope I remember the game because my girlfriend's gone this weekend and I'm going to start drinking that morning for late United. Kick, so. Late kick on the East, uh, Eastern time zone to 9 p.m. Yeah, so I agree with Grant. I think we're going to see a GSC goal. It's, we're, we're just trying to get more TAM right there. As, oh, as yeah. You know, yeah. More <laughs> goals from GSC. Well, if you get up 2-0, then you yeah. can let him score. Yeah. Right. And be okay with it. So, uh, but, yeah. I mean, Bart's not here, so somebody's got to do it. Good, good. We're going to have Josh Williams come in <laughs> halftime because Degenick is going to give up the goals. And he is going to score a hat trick of bicycle kicks. Okay. Let's be real. <laughs> no, I like One that. bicycle yeah. kick. While Cucho scores two of the goals. Not the hat trick of bicycle kicks, but still a hat trick, just one bicycle kick in there. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, I, I do believe the crew will win uh, 3-1. Uh, I, I do think that uh, Colorado will get a goal. Um, probably will come from Giassi. We just seem to give him up. But I, I think we have enough firepower to handle Colorado. Colorado is on a little bit of a hot streak, but aren't the greatest three team. wins in their last four. Yeah. Yes, but I, I, I'm still not convinced that they're great. So I, I, I can see us really going away with this. Also, we're, we have good form right now on the road. So I say we win 3-1. Yeah, I think this is the game, one of those games where you prove yourself. I mean, let's think of the road games with Cucho. I mean, he came off the bench against both of them, but yeah. the Fire and DC games weren't great. Yeah. If you, again, you want to be in this upper echelon of the top four in the East, go to Colorado, get a win, continue to, to be positive. So. First time, it would be the first time we'd won two games in a row this season. I mean, it would, it would kind of change the vibe of the season for sure. This is a very winnable game. I, not that Colorado, I'm not trying to say no, that they're, you're, they're you're, bad. You're I, right. I, I do think this is a winnable game for us. It's funny. You know, the beginning of the season, every road game was like, no, no, no. And they yeah. won three road games, and now the, we've all changed our tune. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, let's get out of here. This was this was fun. Thank you both. Thanks for having for, uh, yeah. for coming out and pinch hitting tonight. You guys have been great when you when we've needed people. Um, hopefully we get, I don't know when Bart gets back in the country, and um, you know, hopefully we'll have Brian back next week. But if not, I'll uh, reach out to you guys again. Sam, thank you. Again, Saucy Brew Works here on uh, third and michigan please like subscribe and because we miss him listen to brian's radio station cd 92.5 i think it's no. 10 listen 10. to brian's radio station <laughs> yeah. cd something everyone knows it's the alternative station in columbus don't listen to this it's part, just Brian. a preset on my radio i don't even yeah. look at it all right well bye buddies